0: This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hi, this is Fred Jeff Smith, Pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, and I welcome you to the latest edition of our Thrive Podcast. Uh, I'm very happy to report that uh, we are now able to be heard on iTunes. Uh, It has taken a whole lot of work on the part of of the director of our audio video ministry brother Terence Turner to make that happen but I'm very grateful to him for his diligence and I'm very grateful that uh, it allows us a new avenue upon which to have this podcast heard uh, today we want to spend some time talking about Christian education uh, when we when we talk about Thrive, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was transformative thinking, and most of the topics that we have dealt with uh, in the short uh, history of this podcast have had to do with community events, political events, things of that sort. Uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about uh, internal church matters, Uh, and I think that that's something that uh, we have some thoughts about that we'd like to share as well. Uh, We share these thoughts, not with the idea that we're smarter than anybody else, not with the idea that uh, we're right and everybody else is wrong, but we do have strong opinions. We do have strong feelings about these things. And uh, if it sparks uh, some interest, if it sparks some serious debate and conversation, within the African-American church community then I think that we have done our part uh, in trying to move us forward. Uh, One of the concerns that I have with regard to Christian education and the way that it is done in our traditional African-American churches is that it is limited uh, primarily to Sunday school. And uh, Sunday school is a good device it is a helpful device but it is also a device uh, that we lean too heavily upon especially with regard to the structure of sunday school Uh, most of our sunday schools (coughs) are comprised of uh, classes that are devoted to teaching the international sunday school lesson Uh, It doesn't matter where you get the lesson from, which uh, organization you use, which denominational publishing house you use or non-denominational publishing house you use, whether you use uh, Judson Press or whether you use Townsend Press or whether you use uh, one of the other uh, press uh, publications out there uh, that does Christian education literature. All of them uh, develop their Sunday School material around the international uh, sunday school lesson Uh, some some people call it the uniform sunday school lesson where does the international sunday school or the uniform sunday school lesson come from who decides on that there there is a a a board there is a committee uh whose responsibility it is whose job uh they have made it for themselves to develop a seven-year rotation uh through which at the end of which uh you have gone through uh most of the bible Uh, the the idea being that if you can cover genesis to revelation over a seven year span that uh it's beneficial to those who stay with the curriculum that's a noble idea in and of itself Uh, Trying to expose people to scripture uh, on a consistent basis uh, over a protracted period of time. But I've got several problems uh, with the International Sunday School lesson. I've got several problems with the way in which we do Sunday school. And uh, uh, just let me enumerate some of them. Problem number one is while... We are devoted to the International Uniform Sunday School lesson and to following its curriculum. The curriculum has little, if anything, to do with uh, the issues that confront our churches uh, either internally as a local congregation Or within the larger context of the church's ministerial role within its own community. I'm not just speaking about the church that we serve here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, I'm talking about within uh, the context of any local church. If you look at the International Sunday School lesson and look at the themes that are developed and look at the scriptures that are developed, they are as generalized As you can possibly be Uh, and uh, they don't speak to the specific needs that may exist within uh, the local congregation uh, or within the context of the community that the local congregation seeks to serve more than that these lessons don't speak to uh, the prevalent social issues, uh, and social justice issues that exist within our community. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a lesson on faith. The, 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 there's nothing wrong with having a lesson on various characteristics of God. There's nothing wrong with having a lesson on salvation. And, and, and those, those are perfectly legitimate, uh, themes, uh, to, Uh, have uh, lessons devoted to. But within the context of our community, there is no appreciable application of how these lessons deal with what's going on in our communities. Uh, In the city of Baton Rouge, we have a crime problem. Uh, We have a violent crime problem. And uh, we should be devoting Christian education time uh, to uh, serious discussions about how we as Christians will first confront and second uh, convict people with regard to violent crime. We should be spending our time from a spiritual, from a biblical standpoint, trying to get to the underneath issues that are the causes of violent crime. And primarily, those issues revolve around poverty, lack of education, uh, lack of employment access. And we should be looking at using our Bible study time, and Sunday School is the primary Bible study time Within most of our traditional African-American churches, we should be looking at using that time precious as it is uh, to addressing those issues in a more forthright way. Now, someone can make the argument that uh, if you approach the lessons uh, from the standpoint of trying to address those issues, that that you can address those issues uh, uh, and still use the uniform Sunday school lesson. And I would agree that while it is difficult to do, it is not impossible to do, and that's what we try to do uh, here at Shiloh. I I, I started uh, teaching Sunday school teachers here uh, several years ago with the intention of trying to uh, make the lesson relevant to the contemporary issues that confronted our community, trying to give uh, teachers uh, the appropriate tools By which to share with their students on Sunday morning uh, how this scripture applies to where they live, because let's face it, if people don't see uh, where a scripture is applicable to their lives, they're not going to pay a whole lot of attention to it, and it won't be memorable to them. Uh, that being said, uh, there are times when when drawing the connection is difficult if not impossible, to do. Uh, and, and it would be better. It would be a better use of our time if we were to devote that Christian education time to teaching lessons uh, that more directly from Scripture dealt with the issues that confront us. I think that this is an issue that, <clears throat> that, that more churches need to talk about. Uh, I think that there are issues that the International Sunday School lesson will never address uh, that, that are prevalent issues within our local church communities. Issues that we are uncomfortable as uh, African American clergy, as as African American church members uh, to approach some of us, many of us, most of us, certainly not all of us, but, but many or most of us. I find it <clears throat> appalling. And in the year 2018, there are still uh, huge pockets within our African-American church community uh, where there are still questions about whether or not God can use women uh, to preach or whether or not God can use women uh, uh, as clergy or to serve as pastor. And yet that is still a very, very, very serious issue in many of our churches. Uh, I find it troubling that uh, in an age, and, and, and particularly in the Baton Rouge community, where uh, AIDS and HIV uh, runs rampant within our community, that uh, African-American churches don't spend a whole lot of time talking about sex education. Don't spend a whole lot of time, not, not even from the standpoint of abstinence. Uh, Let alone the idea of of moderation and safety. We don't talk about it from any standpoint at all, as if by not talking about it, it's going to go away. Well, clearly, that is not the case and and has not been the case. And perhaps uh, someone will say, well, that's an issue that should be discussed in the home. There are a whole lot of issues that should be discussed in the home that are not and The church has the responsibility of stepping up and speaking to those issues where other places, other institutions may be silent. Uh, I find it amazing that in the year of 2018, uh, we don't want to talk about the real issues of homosexuality uh, and, and homosexuality that exists within our churches. Uh, We don't want to talk about we, we want to talk about a God who loves anyone and everyone, no matter what. And yet we don't want to talk about what that kind of love truly means. And to what extent do we love? Even if you're of the position that homosexuality is a sin against God, are you really going to. Uh, ignore the fact that homosexuality is a reality within most of our churches and that there are people who come to your church and my church every Sunday who struggle with their homosexual feelings and acting on those homosexual feelings. And we're not going to address it at all. We're not going to even have a serious conversation about it, neither in our worship experiences or in our Christian education experiences. And let's be clear, we might put a line in our sermons on Sunday morning about homosexuality uh, to to let people know where we stand and, and to make ourselves feel good about the fact that we've at least addressed it. But that's not truly addressing the issue. It's not truly addressing the homosexual issue. It's not truly Addressing the HIV issue, It's not truly addressing the violence issue. It's not truly addressing uh, any of these very important issues that exist within our community. There needs to be serious time given, where we have the opportunity to exchange ideas and, and, and to talk about what the word says with regard to these issues, so that we can come away with a better understanding of what the love ethic of Christ really means. If we are to love one another as Christ loved us, if that's what agape means, love without limit and without restriction, then you can't say that you practice agape and then put limits and restrictions on who you gonna love. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but that simply doesn't make sense. And yet that's what we in our churches do. And it's what concerns me about the fact that we misuse our Christian education opportunities. Uh, not, not that I've gotten that off my chest. Let, let, let's go back a little bit uh, and, and take a, a a somewhat historical view. Sunday school is, is the primary Christian education tool that most of us in our churches still utilize. Uh, Going back a ways, we had other Christian education opportunities. We we had Baptist Training Union that that's that's out of our Baptist denominational background, BTU, and if you're old enough, you you might remember BYPU, Baptist Young People's Union, where we had the opportunity to teach on the doctrines of the church. Uh, uh, what we as baptists believe what we believe generally because one of the things that we as baptists uh adhere to and 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 hold to uh is the idea of the autonomy of the local church which means that not all baptists have to believe the same thing in order to be Baptist. It's one of the things that distinguishes us from other denominations. In order to be a Roman Catholic, it's generally believed that you accept all of the tenets of the Roman Catholic Church. In order to be a United Methodist, it's generally believed that you accept all of the tenets of the United Methodist Church. Baptists are are, are distinctive from these other denominations because we believe in the autonomy of the local church. We believe that, that Church X might Emphasize one belief while church Y emphasizes another and yet we can both still be Baptist and respect the right of the other uh, To believe what they believe we believe in the priesthood of the believer That God deals with us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit uh, And and instructs us and helps us to interpret scripture in ways that he wants us to First believe and then act upon it Uh, And and this is what Baptist training union was supposed to be about generally it was held on Sunday evenings back when we still had Sunday evening worship. Very few churches have that anymore. So you had the Sunday school in the morning and you had the BTU in the evening. And then in the summertime, uh, you had vacation Bible school back when I was a kid. It was two weeks long. Uh, Two of the longest weeks in the world sometimes because you really didn't want to be there for vacation Bible school, but it was yet another Christian education opportunity. As we have progressed forward, uh, we have uh, gone into the idea of workshops and seminars and things of that sort, uh, where the church goes into a period of learning for uh, a week at a time, or, or perhaps even longer than that, wrapped around certain general subjects. Uh, we, we have been a part of the larger Christian education experience having to do with associational congresses of Christian education or state congresses of Christian education or national congresses of Christian education. What, 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 what used to be called the Sunday School Congress is now called the National Baptist Congress of Christian education. It meets annually uh, in, in June uh, across uh, the nation, pick, picks a venue every year and people go and they meet. My problem with with these is not that we don't have these opportunities, uh, although some of them have faded away. I don't know too many churches that still have BTU. I don't know uh, too many churches that still uh, have a two week vacation Bible school. We here don't have a two week vacation Bible school. We have a one week vacation Bible school. Uh, and many churches have, have, have stopped having even Sunday school. We'll talk about that in, in, in a moment. Uh, but my problem is not only that we have made Christian education opportunities less frequent within our churches, but when we do have them, We spend all of our time rehearsing things that really don't speak to the issues of where we are. We talk about uh, uh, things like how to study the Bible, the books of the Bible, things that you should have learned when 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 you were a child, that that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, that there are 39 books in the old and 27 books in the new Uh, rudimentary. Things like that. Uh, We still talk about how to read and study the Bible, which really doesn't tell you how to read and study the Bible. What it tells you is how to use a concordance because most people are still operating from the King James Version, which in and of itself is a mess because the King James Version is a poor study text uh, in order to have a proper appreciation for the word of God, and yet most of us are still clinging to the King James Version if for no other reason than it was Big Mama's Bible, and what was good enough for Big Mama ought to be good enough for me. We're not utilizing these times, these opportunities, to speak to the issues that are addressing our people today. We send our children to school to get an education to, to secular schools, to get an education. And, and they come out with undergraduate degrees and graduate degrees and, and, and what have you. And they learn things in school that they have questions about, that they want to know, what does the word of God say about certain issues? I'll never forget when I was serving as a, uh, pastor of the Greater Mount Carmel Baptist Church uh, in Scotlandville, Louisiana. I I called my young people together and and I wanted to find out from them uh, why they don't attend Sunday school uh, on the level that I thought they should attend and what could we do as a church uh, to help pique their interest in Christian education. And one of the things that was said to me is that we need more than just the stories. We know all the stories. We know that noah built an ark and we know that moses parted the red sea and 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 we know that david killed goliath and we, we we know the stories we need to know how to relate that to our living we need to address that issue and not pass it off not ignore it we need to recognize that we must do a better job of tying the teachings of scripture to where people are in their real lives. They, they talked about the fact that, that uh, I, I had some, some uh, science majors uh, in that church. And they were talking about the fact that, that cloning was the big deal at that time. And, and, and they wanted to know uh, uh, if, if, if people were cloned, do cloned people have spirits? Do, do, do cloned people have souls? I didn't know how to answer that question. I still don't know how to answer that question, but it's an interesting question to discuss because cloning is a reality. They had, at, at one point they were cloning sheep. I don't know if they're still uh, on, on, on if cloning is still a hot button issue today or not. But one day they're going to clone people. Uh, they, they're, they're already developing uh, children in ways outside of the traditional way of procreation. And, and people have questions about that. And pastors and churches ought to be able to respond to those questions. They ought to be able to, to, to give an intelligent, spiritual, biblical response to those questions. And in order for them to receive that, we have to do more with our Christian education time than what we are doing. I I said that that was one issue with regard to to Sunday school. The, the 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 other thing is Sunday school is is a finite period of time. And we need to make sure that we're doing the best that we can with the time that we have. Most Sunday schools operate on a 45-minute class time uh setup. Uh you, For those who do it the traditional way, you have an opening general assembly and then you break out into your 45 minute class period and then you come back together and you have a closing general assembly. Other churches don't have the opening or the closing assembly. We don't have those anymore here. Sunday school exists between our two worship experiences and we simply go out of one worship experience into Sunday school and then back into a second worship experience. But the class time itself is only 45 minutes. Think about that. 45 minutes out of an entire week. Of time. It's not a lot of time. We don't have BTU anymore. We also have a midweek Bible study. We have a noon Bible study and we have a, a Bible study uh, in, in the evening at 6 30 p.m. here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So we have an hour at noon on Wednesday, we have an hour at 6 30 on Wednesday, and we have 45 minutes on Sunday. Between two worship experiences. That's two hours and 45 minutes of Christian education time that this church provides out of an entire week. It's not a lot of time. It's a finite period of time. And since the time is finite, it is precious. And because it is precious, we need to do the very best that we can to make the most of the time that is allotted to us. Stewardship is about proper management of the resources that God has entrusted into our care. And one of those resources is time. And I fear that we're not doing the best that we can with our time by simply going over recitations of the same old lessons that come up every seven years with maybe a verse or two changed here or there. When we could be using that time to deal with the issues of the day. The other concern that I have about Sunday school and Christian education within many of our churches is that for younger people, they're not interested in Christian education. It's clear by the way that they attend Christian education activities. They don't. <clears throat> they come to worship. Uh, we, we still, as African Americans, uh, retain uh Greater numbers in uh, church attendance, worship attendance, than other racial uh, groups uh, across our country. But that number is constantly shrinking. And when you take it away from worship time and look at it specifically from the standpoint of Christian education opportunities in Sunday school, the number uh, shrinks even more. People don't come to Sunday school or to midweek bible study the way that they come to worship that's that's just not a part of who we are we work to change it we do things to try to uh increase their interest and and to try to draw people uh we try to do promotions and things of that sort uh we do one-on-one contacts with people we make phone calls we do all the things that you're supposed to do to try to get people to come but at the end of the day many of our young people most of our young people will come to worship but they'll slide out when it's time for the christian education activity ask them why And more often than not, the answer will be because that doesn't relate to me. It it, it doesn't feed me. It's not that they're frivolous. It's not that they're unconcerned. It's that they don't see the relationship between what we are teaching to where they are living and what they are dealing with. They have relationship problems. They have money problems. They have family strife problems. They have career problems. They have personal issues. They have personal habits uh, that they're trying to deal with. They're they're trying to navigate through this idea of sexual chastity and this idea of maintaining a relationship with somebody who wants something from them that according to the scripture, they're not supposed to uh, engage in at this stage in their lives. Now you're going to say, well, we had to deal with that too. Yes, I understand that. Wouldn't it have been nice if the church had been able to address those issues to give you a spiritual foundation to stand upon. That didn't happen in 1945. It didn't happen in 1965. It didn't happen in 1985. The sad thing is it's not happening in 2018. Kids are getting their information from other places. They don't have to go to the library anymore. They don't have to open up an encyclopedia anymore. They get their information from their phones. They Google and get information. They know more about what's going on in their communities around the world. And by their community, I mean within their age group around the world than we could ever begin to share with them. We don't give them new insights into things to help them to deal with the uh, massive information that is at their disposal. And it's to our shame and it's to our neglect that we don't do that. You can't stop them from getting uh, information from other places. What you can do is give them a framework, a network by which they can properly filter and categorize and utilize the information at hand. And if we spend time doing that, it will be to their benefit. And ultimately, it will be to the church's benefit, because let's remember. The whole purpose of Christian education is to give people a better insight into who God is and what God expects from those who have made their commitment to Him. It's about discipleship. The church is about three things evangelizing the lost, discipling the saved, ministering to the needs of hurting people. Well, these people have already been evangelized, so, so, so they're not the lost. They are the saved who need to be discipled, they are the saved who need to be nurtured, they are the saved who need to have a proper biblical framework by which to look at and, and, and see their lives and where they fit in the world to which they belong. And we're not doing our job. We have to think differently. We have to rethink our way of doing Christian education. We have to rethink The way in which we address these issues, we have to rethink the fact that there are too many of these issues that we are not addressing. And you have to recognize that if you don't talk about it with your young people, with your middle aged people, with your older people, they're going to get the information from someplace else. This is the information age after all. People are overwhelmed with information so much so that they don't know what to do with it all. It's our job to help them to know how to utilize the information that's at their disposal. And so I have a problem with rote lessons that, 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 that just have as their primary goal, making sure that we have gone through the scripture every seven years, that, that we've covered all of the Bible. And we need to spend more of our time, uh, doing a better job with our Christian education activities. 20 some odd years ago, when when I first became pastor of Greater Mount Carmel Baptist Church, I put together a curriculum for our church and I presented it to our Christian education ministry. And it was an overly ambitious idea at that time. It was an idea that uh, they simply weren't ready to embrace and, and it never went anywhere. Well, here we are in the year 2018. And from time to time, I look at that curriculum, and I realize that it's something that needs to be revisited, and and we need to revisit it with a certain degree of seriousness. And there are churches uh, that that have instituted uh, curriculums for their church, and they have instituted it. Uh, But by and large, it doesn't happen in the Sunday school hour. They're asking people to come uh, at other times during the week. And they're devoting either their midweek Bible study period to that or extra hours for that. And you'll get some people that way, but we're missing the larger portion of our people because for most of us, Sunday is the day. Sunday is the day that you're going to get them. Sunday is the day that that they're going to come. Sunday is the day that they will set aside to, to come to the Lord's house. When we get them there, we need to make sure that we're utilizing that time and that energy and these opportunities to the best of our ability. You want to teach people about how to behave uh, in a nonviolent way in a very violent world? We ought to be doing that through our Christian education. You want to teach people how to respond to poverty issues within their communities. We ought to be doing that in our Christian education opportunities on Sunday mornings. You want to teach people how to respect others and not engage in domestic violence and abuse towards one another, whether that abuse be physical or verbal or emotional. We ought to be doing that on Sunday mornings. This requires a certain degree of sophistication in our Christian education training. This requires, requires a certain degree of commitment on the part of your Christian education ministries and departments within your churches to stretch yourselves, push beyond the limits of what it is that we commonly do. It is too easy to simply come to Sunday school and open up the book and say, well, let's see what the lesson is today, kids. Let's see what the lesson is today, students. Or oh, Let's see what the lesson is today, adults. It's too easy to do that, to have someone else prepare a lesson for you and to stand before uh, your, your class and simply recite what somebody else and try to paraphrase uh, or, or, or add your own personal touch to what somebody else has written. That's too easy. More is required of us. We ought to be willing to engage in, 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 in the challenge that exists before us. We lament, we complain, we cry, we moan about the fact that uh, people are leaving our churches and they're going other places. And I'm not saying that they're all leaving because of this singular issue. What I am saying is, we could do more to retain our people if we put more meat on the bone. And, and, and people who are serious about their personal relationship with God and about living lives that are closer to God, they will respect and appreciate the fact that you're willing to engage in these kinds of conversations. And they'll respect it and appreciate it, even if they don't agree with the position that we take. They'll appreciate the fact that they can at least have a conversation about it. Let's be realistic on the other side of it. There's risk involved in it. Because whenever you start doing things differently, there are going to be people who are going to say that you don't need to do that. In some cases, there might be uh, offices that are opposed to that kind of Christian education instruction going on. Within our churches Uh, pastors might be fearful that uh, deacon ministries or trustee ministries or Christian education ministries within the church or other ministries within the church will take such strong opposition that they run the risk of losing their churches as a result of it. I understand very well that, that that there is a risk involved and I can't tell somebody how to manage that risk. I can say that. You should pray about it. You should seek God's direction in it. And then you should follow where God leads you. We in in, in black Baptist clergy uh, say that we didn't choose ministry. Ministry chose us, God chose us. We were called into the gospel ministry. And who's the one who called us? Our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Whose direction are we supposed to take? The direction of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Then if we are operating on the basis of that faith walk. Then how is it that we can allow ourselves to be constantly muted by those who have not experienced our call. Part of being the called out means that you have to set yourself apart from the others. You have to set yourself apart from the crowd, even the crowd within your congregation. That's what leadership means. And leadership always involves risk. And sometimes you lose. When you take a risk, sometimes you lose. Certainly I have lost. But I've never felt like it was the wrong thing to do if I felt like it was what the Lord led me to do. That's what we have to be about. If we are to see transformation within our churches, then we have to start doing things in transformational ways. And it's not terribly radical to look at what's going on in our community and seek to address those issues from a biblical standpoint. In fact, it's the only thing that we can do. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.